Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kike. Hello, Jamie Van Kike here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Krista Grosso. Krista is an international lean business consultant and the creator of the Lean Out Method and the 90-Day Lean Out Planner. She has been helping businesses achieve accelerated results and increased profitability for two decades through a combination of strategic planning and lean business practices. Known as the business optimizer, Krista has the ability to quickly cut through the noise and focus on optimizing the core things that will make the biggest impact to grow and scale a business. She specializes in helping businesses identify the most important things they should focus on right now that will drive maximum value for their customers and maximum profit for their business. This was such a great conversation with Krista. As someone who has a background in lean processes, I just love talking to other business owners about how we can cut out the waste in our business. So if you're not familiar with the term lean, we do talk a bit about it in this episode, but it's about removing the things that are kind of slowing down your processes and focus on what's working, optimizing what's working so you can reduce the time it takes to go from point A, so for example, the customer placing an order, to point B, which is delivering that final product. So in this episode, we talk about many things, including signs, it is time to simplify your process, Why is a small business, you're never too small to focus on simplifying your processes, and also even how to leverage your hiring practices to make sure that you're not wasting your time interviewing candidates that don't deserve an interview. So let's jump right into the episode. Welcome, Krista. Thank you so much for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Can you kick us off with telling us a little bit about yourself and the business you run? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Krista Grasso. I'm the founder of the Lean Out Method and creator of the 90 Day Lean Out Planner. And so I'm all about helping business owners understand how to achieve more by doing less by leveraging lean business practices. So it's something that typically is done a lot in the corporate space and in the manufacturing space. And it's not something I've seen service-based businesses use as much. And working with a lot of coaches and consultants and service providers, I saw an opportunity to really help them learn how to lean out, which is really just get really focused on the things that actually add value, things that actually drive profit and eliminate everything else. Yeah, I love that. 
What uh, most people probably don't know about me from back in my corporate days, I actually have a black belt in Lean Six Sigma. So Lean is the process of eliminating waste and then Six Sigma is the process of improving quality. So it very much is a corporate thing. I, I jumped full in when my corporate company started implementing it and kind of teaching it. I was put on a project and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. We went through like a three-day crash course of learning and I was like, I have to learn more. So I approached my manager. I was like, I want to go and get certified, but I don't want to just start at the bottom. Like I want to go all the way to the top to a black belt. And I was actually surprised and they're like, yes, do it. And we'll pay for all of it. I was like, yes, awesome. And then I actually went into some positions where in that corporate company where um, the focus was leaning out the process and using the data and everything to make to help us improve along the way and I loved it but yeah you're right like most small businesses don't think about it they don't they don't implement those same topics just because sometimes they're not used to it but also sometimes we're just used to doing everything and just keep going and going and going mm -hmm. so what are some signs that people need to focus on leaning out their process <laughs> Absolutely. So if you find yourself feeling like you can't stop working, right, there's just an endless amount of things to do and you're always feeling like you're a little bit behind, you're feeling pretty overwhelmed and overworked, you might even be on the verge of burnout, um, that's usually a pretty good sign that you need to lean out. Also, if you have just so much, like you're offering all the offers to all the people and you don't have a really clear focused set of offers to a really clear target market. Um, that's usually also a sign that you need to lean out in what you offer and get that clarity, which actually will help your customers know that you're the person for them. Um, right. And then finally, if you find yourself, you know, behind the scenes, constantly reinventing the things that you're doing all the time or things are taking you a really long time because you're not remembering exactly how to do something or there's a lot of errors in what you're doing there's usually an opportunity to lean out your back-end processes and systems and find ways to automate and systematize and really optimize the things that you're doing right so this was a question that was just presented to me yesterday so i want to get your opinion on it as well how do you know with when you have all that stuff going on and you're overwhelmed if there's a difference between having to lean out your process versus hire help to do the work because you just have too much for one person to do it's such a great question because i get asked this a lot because i do help people build their teams and i also help them build out their business and that's always the question for me and so i look at it as a couple different ways when you look at the things that you're doing um, on a day-to-day -day basis you personally as the business owner you have to really look at that and say, are these things that align A, with your zone of genius, like those things that you are uniquely skilled and equipped to do and that you are going to do better than anyone else in this world, like the things that typically your clients are coming to you for because it's your special sauce, right? And on top of that are the things that you're doing, the things that actually align back to the vision and the short-term goals that you have for your business. Because a lot of times you're doing a lot of things and they're not actually the right things right now because either they're not in alignment with where you want to take your business and yourself personally or they're not aligned with the short-term goals that you're focused on in this 90 days. And so they shouldn't be on your plate right now or at all. Um, but then beyond that, should they be on your plate personally right. or should they be on somebody else's? And I think that's how you tell the difference is, are you working on things that are unnecessary? That's when you need to just lean things out. Um, or are you working on things that are necessary but that you personally do not need to be doing? And that's when you typically need to hire. 
right? It reminds me of you know, using Pinterest as a marketing tool. You'll read so many things like Pinterest is a great SEO tool. You got to put all your stuff on Pinterest. If you're blogging for your business or anything for podcast episodes, put it all on Pinterest. And I know I was spending when I first started my business a lot of time putting things out on Pinterest, making sure getting on group boards, doing all these things, pinning other people's content and spending hours every week. And as a result, I was getting lots of traffic to my website but the traffic wasn't turning into anything. And I remember having a conversation with someone and they're like, why do you spend all this time there? I was like, cause I'm getting all this traffic. I need to do it. And they're like, but what is that traffic doing for you? And I was like, yeah, I guess it's really not doing anything. It's one of those vanity metrics and being able to like, it was hard at first cause I was so used to doing it. It was where I was spending so much time, but realizing that that was a waste of my time. I just needed to eliminate yeah. that. And I do still post things out on Pinterest. Like when the new podcast episodes go out, but I don't spend as much time there. It's like post it so someone can find it, but I don't need to spend hours every week or my business doesn't need to spend hours every week there because it's just not providing the same value that I'm getting in return. I love that example. And one of the things I tell business owners a lot is when you want to grow and scale, whether you're doing it yourself or through a team, the key is optimize what's working and cut or change what isn't. Yes. And so much what I think people do is instead what you could have done was say, I'm going to double down. I'm going to figure out how to make this traffic turn into something. And you could have put all your focus on that and had it never actually pay off where instead you can reallocate that time and that focus to something that you already know is working and amplify those results instead, which I'm going to guess is probably what you did. <laughs> right. No, it definitely was. Yeah. So with that, you said something there that I want to ask about. When you're figuring out and automating and everything there, do you find that people go and start using tools and systems too early so they don't have their processes figured out yet? So they're trying to fit their processes around the tool instead of finding the tool that fits their processes. 100%. Absolutely. It's, I always believe in a couple things. When you're in an emerging stage, when you're still newer at business, by nature, you're kind of trying all the things, right? You're trying to find product market fit. You're going to probably do way more than you're going to do once you're more established and in that growth and scaling stage because you're figuring it out. That's usually the time where I see a lot of people make the mistake of they're like, oh, I need a X tool. So they go and pick it and then build everything that they do around the capabilities of the tool. And in those early stages, honestly, you just need to be figuring out what's actually working in my business. What do I need? What do I need to keep? And then when you get into the growth stage, that's the lean out stage. And that's where you're really figuring out what's working. And that's when you want to develop the processes and the systems and select the tools specifically around what's working and what you're keeping. And you want to find the tool that fits and matches what you do today and where you want to take it in the future. So looking with that growth potential, as opposed to just picking a tool and then letting that dictate how you do things, because you usually limit yourself that way. Right. Oh, yes. That is totally in line with everything that I tend to preach. I was actually just having a conversation with someone the, I think it was last week, they asked in a Facebook group, how automated is your business? And I was like, 
honestly, my business is probably automated at a level two right now on a scale of one to 10. And I actually said that I was like, the reason being, it's like, I'm still figuring out some of the processes and everything that fit best for my business. And I'm not ready to go and find a tool and have to then like build it around the tools. Like I'm going to create these processes. Yes, it's a little more work up front because I don't have things automated, but I would rather come up with the right process, the lean process and then find the right tool versus jumping into a tool first and then paying for things you don't need. Agreed fully. And that's the other thing too. I'm a big process person. I think developing process, developing systems, so incredibly helpful, but you want to do that for the stuff that you know that you're keeping in a lean subset of things that you're doing. If it, if it feels so completely overwhelming to you when you think about process and system, you're probably doing way too much and don't have it narrowed down to those few things that are actually really making a difference. Right. I love that. Now, I was wondering, so you mentioned you also help people build their teams, you know, fit into these processes and everything. How do you find business owners adapt to the fact that they are doing things, they have their processes, they have their systems figured out. Now they're adding other people into the mix that have opinions different than their own. And how do you encourage people to accept opinions or what's your advice about that when you start putting multiple minds into the mix? Yeah, absolutely. Hiring, you know, especially for somebody who hasn't had a background of building or growing or running a team, it's always a little bit of a growing experience in the beginning. And it can be really hard because when you bring somebody in day one, they are not going to do the thing you hired them for as well as you can do it. They're just not. You're bringing them in and you need to train them and you need to mentor them. But I think a lot of times the expectation is I'm bringing this person in. They're going to do it just as well as I did, if not better. Um, We're going to get amazing results literally overnight. Um, And there just ends up being this tension um, right in the beginning. And so I think when you are bringing somebody in and, you know, that person either has a skill or a lot of strong feelings about how something should be done that may or may not align, you just need to get really clear and work really closely with them to set those expectations and say, here's the results that I'm looking for. And it's all about the results and the outcomes. It's not about the way you approach it and let them approach it the way that they want to. Um, As long as it's not in conflict with your values or something aligned with your company, it's all about those results and getting those results in a way that aligns with the company culture, Um, but give them the freedom and flexibility to do it the way that they want to. And that's usually one of the ways I see that tension getting lessened is when you can both collectively agree on where you're going and what you want the outcome to be, but you release and let them do it and understand it's going to take them a little while to get to the level that you want them to be at. Yeah. Oh, so much. I agree with there. I always tell my clients that people have different points of view, so they're always going to interpret things differently and you need to, sometimes it takes time to get on that same playing field. And I also have to tell people about letting go is if you can't think of a reason why something needs to be a certain way, other than because I said so, from the advice of my seven-year-old, that's not an answer because I said so does not work. So if you can't think of a reason, you need to let it go. Trust someone else, allow someone else to do what they're seeing as the right way. 
Yeah. And I think to me, it's so important is the mindset of hiring is when you're bringing somebody on, you should be bringing somebody on to your team. Even if you're bringing in a freelancer or something, you're bringing somebody into your team. You want them aligned to your vision. You want everybody on the same page as aligning towards delivering something, growing your company, whatever your overall goals and vision are. You don't just want somebody that you're bringing on to do stuff to get off your plate. And I think it's a very big difference. If you're bringing somebody in just to do stuff, you're kind of already expecting them to do it exactly the way that you want it done. You're kind of going to micromanage them, right? And that person's not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy. It's not ultimately going to grow your business. You want to bring in an actual team member who's kind of co-creating the success of your business with you, regardless of whether they're full-time or whether they're just somebody that you're freelancing or having part-time help out. Yeah. So what's your advice for being able to find the people that do fit that criteria? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, I mean, I've hired and built, I don't even know how many teams throughout my career. And I think the place where I've had consistent success is yes, you want to hire somebody who's skilled, obviously, right? The person needs to be capable of doing the job you're hiring them for. But to me, I always look at fit over skill. And so it's, there's that base level of, yes, of course, they can perform this job and perform it well, but it's really all about fit. I think that you as the business owner, you're usually trying to grow your team so that you can work in your zone of genius, right? You want to do what you're uniquely equipped to do. Well, you want to hire people that are uniquely equipped to do things different from you and that are filling one of the big needs in your business. And you want to have that very clear vision of where you're going with the company. You want them to be completely aligned with it. It align with their own personal vision and what they want out of their life in the role that they're stepping into to be something that's like their zone of genius they're deeply passionate about as well. And that is what I find works incredibly well. When you're just kind of filling a gap and saying, oh, well, they can do that. I'm sure they'll do it. I'm just going to hire them and plug them into this. They said they had that skill set. That's usually when I find it doesn't work out very well. Right. Okay. Yeah, I definitely like all that. No, it's, I always, I agree. People need to have a basic level of being able to do what you want them to do. And I feel like that's one area where people sometimes overlook when they're trying to hire because they're like, I'm going to hire someone for passion. And all I care about is if they have passion because I can train people. And I'm like, you don't have time to train everything. They Mm -hmm. need to be able to come in and do something because otherwise, what's the point of hiring them? You're most likely hiring because you don't have time. So where are you going to get this time to train them on everything? So they need that basic level. Yeah, find someone who's going to fit your culture, grow with your company, be behind you 100%, but they need to be able to do something within the realm of what you want them to do. So what is that basic level of skill that they need in order to be successful? And now let's go find that. Yeah, agreed fully. And then the other thing I think too is you need to be willing to invest in your people. And so either that's you taking the time to mentor and train them, you pairing them with one of your other employees and having them train and mentor them, or you sending them to some sort of training or investing in a program or doing something for them. Because you're not always, especially early on in the hiring process, going to hire somebody who is the top of their field. Because honestly, you usually can't afford those people day one. You eventually get to the point where you can but that's where you just need to know going in that make sure they have that base skill, make sure they are the right fit and that they're going to grow with the company and and all of those things that we talked about, but also invest in developing them and letting them grow and get stronger and stronger in their role. 
Exactly. And that's also one of the great things about being able to hire contractors is when you do need someone who has advanced skill, you can hire a contractor sometimes to do that work for maybe they're going to work five hours a week on your thing versus having to hire someone with advanced skill in a full-time position with as an employee and be spending a lot more money. Yeah, totally. So as you were talking, I was reminded of this thing a business owner said to me years ago when I first started my business. And she made the comments, well, the whole reason why my business is crazy, all these things is because I'm a small business. And that's just the way things are when you're a small business. So things can't be organized and have great processes. It'll eventually come over time. And I just remember kind of trying to lead the conversation of, you have to do the work now in order to get to there later. So what would your advice be to someone like that where this is just the way small businesses are? Yeah, I think honestly, there's so many myths. That's one you have to hustle in order to be successful is another one. I mean, there's just so many myths out there that I don't think are true. And what you did say that I think is so important is if you think about for anybody who's ever had a job in the corporate space, right? I consult a lot in the corporate space. So I help a lot of people to level up in their careers. And one of the things is they need to do the job that they want to um, be hired into before they're hired into it. They need to do that in order to get the position. And when you're growing your business, you need to do the same thing. When you want that next level of success, you have to operate like that next level of successful business operates. You don't get there and then do it. And so I think from day one, absolutely, you can have a lean business, you can have systems and processes, but like we talked about earlier, you don't want to just do that for everything. You want to do that with a lot of intention with the things that you know that you're going to keep. Right, right. So what are some of the things you think, excuse me, so what are some of the things you think business owners spend their time on that are the first areas that they should go to lean out? Yeah, absolutely. As a business owner yourself, one of the main things that you should not be really spending your time on is anything operational right? Operational is one of the first places where you can usually automate, systematize, or delegate to a team member. And so if you think about what people work on, right, the things that you should be working on in your business at any point in time, you've got your operational stuff that's going to just simply keep the business running. They're the things that you have to do in order to keep your business in business. Mm -hmm. Then you want to have your goal-aligned activities. So those are the things that you're doing that relate back to your projects or your marketing campaigns, the things that are actually allowing you to generate revenue and deliver value to your customers. Um, And so typically you as the business owner, you want to be focused more on those goal aligned things and you want those operational type things off of your plate personally. The business has to do them. You usually don't need to do them. So I find that those are one of the first things to, to get off your plate and to hire and to certainly lean out. There's usually a lot of noise and excess in that that people don't really need when they look at it more closely. All right. So obviously... I talk a lot about hiring and how to find great people, but what is your advice for how to find quality people, especially once you're getting to this point where you're leaning out your processes, you know what's working, and you know where you want to go with your business? One of the best things frequently for finding good people is referrals. 
people who know you, who know your business, who know your work style, um, and they know the person that they're referring, that's usually one of the absolute best ways to find a great fit. Some of my best employees ever have come from referrals from either existing employees or other people who know me well. But when I'm going out more broadly and I'm doing more of a cold look for somebody where I don't have any referrals for a position, I always ask a couple questions in the hiring process before I get somebody on the phone that I find actually ends up really helping me get really great candidates. What um, questions are those? Yeah, I'll, I'll go through a few of them. Um, so I always ask, why are you interested in this position and how are you qualified? And I've done this over many, many years. And the question, there's like a little bit of an art to the wording, is I'm usually looking for how people answer the question. And you can tell a lot about somebody's, are they kind of a woe is me type of person? Or are they a really gung-ho, super excited about what they do type of person in the way that they answer the questions? And you can also tell by the amount of detail and thoughtfulness that they put into the responses, how interested they are. So the next one I ask is why should we select you over other candidates for this position? And this question I've gotten the most interesting answers to because sure. sometimes you'll have people come back and be like, well, other people have no idea what they're doing. And, and immediately you just know you don't want that person in your company, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's if they say, well, you should hire me because, and they go on to talk about why they're so deeply passionate about the thing that they do or how they're uniquely skilled to do the thing they do, then you know it's going to be somebody who's a better fit. Um, and then, for example, let's say you're hiring somebody to manage your Instagram. Well, I always ask a very specific question, like, what are your top three favorite Instagram accounts? So I'm not asking, what do you love about Instagram? But you can tell a lot right. by the answers. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like that's great. If they're going to be managing Instagram, they need to have an Instagram account and be active on it. So, so yeah, like those are great questions. What I always find interesting is when you ask questions and people give you answers, like see my resume <laughs> or they don't answer them or they give like two word answers. I'm just like, oh my goodness, I'm asking these for a reason. Like, if you're not going to put the effort in, I, no, like, I'm not putting the effort in to interview you. Like, no. Agreed, because it goes to, A, attention to detail. Did they pay attention um, enough to actually see that there were questions and take the time to do it? Do they care enough about the position? Are they genuinely interested in it, or are they just applying to absolutely everything? And then you can tell a lot just about their personality and whether it's a fit. Like I've had people before that I've hired for Instagram that I say, what are your top three Instagram accounts? And they reply back and say, oh, I don't really use Instagram. And I'm like, well, then why are you applying for an Instagram <laughs> position? Right. Clearly not interviewing you. <laughs> yeah. And I could see, totally see if they are like, well, I don't, I use it so much for business that I don't really go on there personally, but here are some of my favorite accounts that I've worked with or ones that I go and like model like stuff, like, you know, at least showing you that they're active on the platform, even if they right. don't use it personally, like, cause I'm sure exactly. there's people out there that are like that. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, plenty. <laughs> so, yeah, those are, yeah, I definitely, I'm always a fan if you're uh, advertising your job on a platform that allows you to ask questions, put some in there to help you figure things out, weed people out. Uh, I even love one. I am helping a client right now that we're, it, we say it's a requirement that you have certain certifications in the job posting. We ask them what certifications they have and it comes back either blank or they put none. And I'm like, why are you even applying? Like, yep. Don't waste my time. But it's a good way to be, weed them out. I mean, like, I don't even have to go back and talk to this person again. Like, they have none. 
Yeah, I find that by the time I do get to the place where I actually interview somebody after they go through the questions, usually about 80% of the people that I talk to are people I could potentially hire. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll usually end up narrowing it down to the person who's the best fit, but I find I don't waste a lot of time in interviews because the questions really do weed out a lot of people. Oh, yes, they do. When you look through the right for the right things during that process, you don't have to waste your time interviewing people. Um, I you know that when I'm helping interview people for my clients, typically I would say it's between 60 and 75% of the people that I interview that I pass on. And some of the ones where I don't pass them on, I'm just like, you know what? They're great. Like they check all the boxes but here's why I don't think they're going to fit with you, why you're not going to like them. And so typically, yeah, they're like, they're always like, how do you get it down? So like narrow that you're, that you're moving on. Like majority of them, I was like, it's because of the way that we go and ask these questions and the way we review our, the resumes. It's, you can find out a lot about a candidate before you get on the phone with them without having to take a lot of your time. Cause I'm like, I can review a resume very quickly and know if they're the right fit. Mm-hmm. And typically, if someone is getting on the phone and they are a really bad fit, they're one of those where I'm like, I should have listened to my gut. Like there was something telling me, but I should have listened to my gut and not interviewed them. I was like, but technically they checked all the boxes before getting on and I didn't want to weed out someone who could have potentially been a great fit. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I was just in a weird mood when I was reading their resume, but mm -hmm. yeah, like most of them, if you do things right, you don't have to waste your time interviewing. Yeah. That's one of the questions. I'm sure you get this all the time too, is when I'm helping people to build a team, they're like, I don't have time for interviewing. And there's so many applications that come in. And as soon as you put the questions in place, it just gives you so much less stress in the process. Yes. Yeah. And it's just one of those things like attention to detail. Like you mentioned, if they're not even going to look at the questions, do you really care to have them in the in your company? If you know, they're probably going to overlook things when they're on the job too. You know, mm -hmm. some of the things is like we'll even post for certain things, like post on a certain site, but include a link of here's where you need to go to apply. Like we're not taking applications. If you apply here, you're not going to be reviewed. And it's just that one little step. You can weed out a lot of people that way. Yeah, I've done things with subject lines, like reply with this as the subject line. And if they don't do that, they immediately go in the no pile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you're moving on to the interview portion. How do you find the right people who are going to fit your company long term and be passionate about what you're doing? Yeah, I think that really gets back to some of what we talked about earlier, right? They have to have the base skill. They have to be able to do the job. That to me is just table stakes, right? And then once you find the people who can actually do the job, from there, it's you do want those people who have that same long-term vision, right? I think as entrepreneurs and as business owners, we automatically assume everybody wants to be an entrepreneur or a business owner, but right. there's a lot of people that don't. They really genuinely, their passion in life, what they want and their vision and goals are to support another business to grow. And they want to be a key piece of that. And to me, that's the type of person that I want. And the person that's going to stay long term is I want the person whose goal in life is to help build a business, but not run that business right. um, as their own, because they're going to grow with you and they get really invested in your success in the same way that you are. And then I get invested in them and developing them and helping them grow as well, because I want them to stick with the company just as much as they want to stick with the company. Yeah. I love that. It reminds me of a client I worked with before. 
in their job posting, they pretty much put pretty much like kind of the entrepreneurial spirit. Like this person wants to eventually go and run their own office and everything, but they weren't getting good qualified candidates. And I was talking to him and I was just like, well, tell me about this. Like you have this thing in there. So your goal is for people to eventually leave you and go start their own office, like in a similar industry. And he goes, well, I just feel like that's the right person for this role. I would love for them to stay, but that's the right person. And I was like, okay, well, tell me about your current team. Cause he already had a few people in this role. And I was like, how many of them, that is their actual goal is to run their own office, to be an entrepreneur. And he said, pretty much none. And I was like, are they really good at their job? And he said, yes. He goes, I would love to duplicate them. And I was like, then why aren't we looking for another one of them versus looking for this entrepreneurial spirit that you don't necessarily need? Yeah. It's because we think like ourselves, right? It's like, if we were in that job, we would want to go open our own office if we were this guy. Right. And so he's probably thinking that's what other people want too, not realizing that that's not what other people want. Like I know people who have said my goal in life is to be somebody's like second in command. I don't want the spotlight. I don't want to, but I want to help somebody that I truly believe in be successful. And while that might not be me, I want that person working with me. Right. Yes. So speaking of working with you, do you have a team currently? I do. I have an amazing team and I absolutely love them. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about them or let's start off. How did you identify when it was the right time in your business to hire your first team member? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think just general rule of thumb is if you're even so much as considering it, it's the time to hire. Um, One of the tips I always give people is try not to hire when you get to the place of desperation, where you like feel like you must have somebody right then because you tend to not make really great hiring decisions when you're in that super pressurized state. Um, So I tend to think of my business very strategically. I have my, you know, no surprise, I have my plans. (laughs) Um, And I'm looking at and I'm kind of seeing what's coming. And for me, it was just a matter of in order to grow this business, right, you want to behave like the business that you want to have, like as in order to step into this next level of the business, I can't do what I'm doing myself anymore. And so today I can, but when I get to this next level, I can't. And I think by bringing the people in now, I'm going to be able to get to that next level quicker. And so that was how I made the decision. And so I brought people in very early um, for that reason, because I wanted that to enable me to level up and I run multiple businesses. So I don't have a lot of time. It's really important that I run very lean businesses Mm -hmm. and that I'm very um, selective with my particular time. And so that was why I knew that I wanted to bring people in as early as possible to do the things I didn't personally need to do. Okay. That makes sense. So how big is your team now? I have four people who work for me, what I would consider employees, and then I have other freelancers who I work with really regularly. Yeah. Yeah. I love the combination of having employees and freelancers to get that, that specialized help that you need when you need it and, you know, grow into having, having employee positions when it's the right move for a business. Like, you know, not every position needs to be an employee position right off the bat. Not every position needs to be an employee position ever. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you can have the contractors and freelancers to really help scale your business, support your business. And a lot of times it's the right, it's the right move. 
Yeah, and usually when you're hiring for an employee, you're not trying to hire that specialist. You want somebody who certainly has a specialty, but you want somebody who can wear multiple hats. As right. a small business owner, you usually can't afford to have a team of really highly specialized people that only do one thing. You want them to be really good at the core thing that they do, but you also want them to be able to be a little broader. It's I'm sure you're familiar with the term a T-shaped skill set. So you want more of the T-shaped skill set within your team of people that you're actually hiring, but you do sometimes still really need those specialists. And that's where you want the freelancers or the other people that you're bringing on in those more specialized roles. Right. Now with your team, because you said you run multiple businesses, do your teams go across your multiple businesses or do your team members stick to one? So I used to have people span multiple businesses. So I would have the person who did Instagram do Instagram for all the businesses. I would have the person who did the newsletters do newsletters for all the businesses. And then later I found they're so different, right? I run a jewelry business. I run a coaching and consulting business, night and day different from one another. Right. So instead I ended up breaking it where I have somebody who focuses exclusively on Chris Cara. And then I have the rest of the people who focus exclusively on lean out method. And I have one person that bridges because she's the one who packs and ships orders and who does customer service. And so she bridges both companies because with my planners um, for lean out method and then my jewelry for Chris Cara, it makes sense for one person to do the packing and shipping of all orders. Yeah, so I think that's really smart that you have a combination of people that work on both and people that work on just one part, one of your businesses. And the fact that you you had to learn along the way, like we're not, we don't hire perfectly all the time from the start. Sometimes as our businesses grow and evolve, our teams have to grow and evolve too. And we have to be willing and open to make the decisions that are right for our companies and not stick to something just because it's the way we've always done it which is ties us right back to the lean methods and everything just because you've been doing something some way. And even if it seems like it's working, doesn't mean it's the best way to do it. And to really take a critical eye to everything and see if things can be eliminated, see if things can be done better. And sometimes rely on your team to help provide that feedback, especially if they're the one involved in the processes, get their feedback. Yeah, I do a process with my team that I made up. It's called Chuck and it's uh, change, hold, cut, or keep. And so we go through every single 90 days as a team and we look at everything everybody does and collectively make decisions. What can we actually cut? Is there anything that's not working? Of the things that we wanna keep, what needs to change or that we have as is? And what are the things that we can put on hold because they're not aligned with our short-term goals? But it's not me making those decisions, it's the collective team making the decisions about everything that we do. And I find that that really strengthens and helps us keep things lean in a better way than it would if I was just doing it myself. Right, as I like to always say is bring the team into the process of change and they're more likely to accept it. Otherwise, you could go with the exact same thing that they're going to come up with, but if you present it to them and don't bring them into that process, they're never gonna accept it the same way. So that's, I love that. Bringing the team in, getting their ideas, getting their feedback, and working together to get the business to the next level. And who doesn't want to spend less time to get the same results? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to the end for today. So how can people get in touch with you, Krista? Yeah, you can find me at leanoutmethod.com um, and at Krista Grosso on Instagram. 
All right, thank you. And I'll be sure to share those links in the show notes. But to wrap us up, I'd like to ask everybody the same question. We've all had leaders or managers that stood out to us. Think of the most impactful leader or manager that you have had. And can you share with us one thing that made them stand out to you? Yeah, I've had, I feel pretty fortunate that I've had a lot of really great leaders and managers. But early on in my career, I was kind of new at what I was doing. And this one manager who still, I, I still keep in touch with because he was just amazing. But I would keep going to him all the time. And I'd say, I did this today. I did this today. And it was like, I was constantly looking for feedback or him to say, it's okay. And at one point he just looked at me and said, you know, you don't need my feedback on anything. Just go do what you need to do. Just go be a leader. And I hadn't seen myself as a leader. I was my first job out of college. And that just, I think, changed the entire course of my career and me just kind of stepping out and doing what I felt I needed to do and learning to trust my own guidance and my own instincts instead of looking to somebody else for feedback. And I mean, that was really, to me, powerful of him to do that, to trust somebody who was so young in a pretty senior position and just say, I don't need to know what you're doing. Just go do it. And I had so much respect for him. And I just think that's such a great leadership quality to put that trust in somebody else and to help them where they need, but they don't even see that they need. Right. Yeah. Some of the best leaders are those that are the, excuse me, some of the best leaders are those that create the self leaders on their team. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, Krista, for coming on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thanks so much for having me. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, and you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the Growing Your Team podcast so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes and hear all the greatest tips from our guest experts on how you can grow your team so you can scale your business. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider leaving us a review. I would love to hear what you think of the podcast and your review will help other people decide if this is the right podcast for them. So once again, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.